you, your ears, bantering the blue shirts inside of your ear. That is what you are listening to right now. The 31st episode of Bantering the Blue Shirts. They said we wouldn't make five, so we made 31. I am your host, Joe Fortunato, joined as always by my co-hosts, Michael Murphy and Beth Macklin. Ladies, gentlemen, how are you? Who said we wouldn't make five episodes? A lot of people said that. Does the inside the ear thing squick anyone out? Because it squicks me out big time. We always have to hurt inside our ears. But that's where we are. We're in the ear. That's the whole point. Joe is like a bot fly. Yeah, we're just in your ear. Right now, I'm in your ear. Soon Beth will be in your ear. (sighs) Anywho, this show is by our subscribers on Patreon. Thank you, all of you, every single one of you, for subscribing and donating and helping us bail Beth out of jail when she inevitably licks a New York Ranger. We would specifically like to thank Anthony Viola, Dan Lynch, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn, Daniel De... DeGenesis? I got that right the last time. Daniel, I'm very sorry. Daniel DeJunes, I'm going to go with. Michael Silver, oh, Trevor Kempner, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, Nicholas Forlenza, Dan Carosi, Taylor Ryder, John J. Porter, and Armiel Kistner. Sorry, I'm pro- I feel like a school teacher that's butchering names, but... Those are the people who are helping us, and you should be one of those people because you don't want to see Beth go to jail. You wouldn't like Beth when she goes to jail. Uh, Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Panther. You will help us make the show better, and hopefully you enjoy the show enough that you want to donate. Uh, we just changed some of the levels. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Panther to see what some of the cool rewards are for going to donate. But for those of you who have already and are continuing to do so, we appreciate you more than I can tell you right now. And that is a lot. We appreciate you a lot. So thank you. Um, sort of a somber start to the show. Uh, Stephen McDonald passed away uh, yesterday, I believe, um, after suffering a heart attack a couple of days ago. Stephen McDonald is the detective that was shot and paralyzed from the waist down, or the neck down, actually. 30 years ago, uh, the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award is given in his honor. And... That is an award that will be given with a heavy heart this year because Stephen McDonald is no longer there to present it. Um, we kind of we talked about him on the show before. I think it was at the tail end of last year when we were kind of deciphering who the award was going to be given out to, and um, we talked about the importance of the award. And I think as of today, there is no more important award in the Rangers. Uh, organization at least at this point than something that's probably going to take on a life of its own at this point and mike wrote an article about it i wrote an article about it but this is a a somber moment in the rangers community and mike you're the emotional one on the podcast i'm sure you have some well thought out thoughts on this that you can share with everybody well yeah most of most of what i wanted to talk about is in my article but i something i was kind of searching in my head for like what you know, what that award means uh, for Ranger fans. And it's really, really hard to think of another team, you know, an award associated with a team that means more or, you know, holds more value in the hearts of fans and members of the team. And as we all saw on social media, you know, players who used to play with the team, Talbot and Dubinsky and Callahan, you know, Brandon Prost has always spoken about what it meant to him. And, you know, it's, it's a really, really big deal. It's a big part of being a ranger and, 
you know, Joe, in your piece, you talked about, you know, the very, you know, powerful connection that, you know, people who live in and around New York City have to, you know, you know, emergency responders and members of the fire department and the police department. And, uh, you know, there's very rarely a dry eye in the house when that award gets, you know, every year that happens. And I, I can't even fathom what the emotions are going to be, um, you know, at the end of the season when it gets awarded um, almost certainly by a son Connor this year. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we, it's a lot of fun to talk about things like the Broadway hat and things like that, but those things mean, you know, nothing compared to what the Extra Effort Award means. Beth, anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been there um, when uh, he's presented before, and it's just such an overwhelming emotional experience I think to see that and to see what it means to the team and what it honors about the team and um, a good friend who I grew up with also another family of huge Rangers fans and NYPD detective um, Irish NYPD detective I should have so they definitely moved in the same circles and was at that funeral and um just one of those things that really makes you think about the different communities that we are all part of here in New York um, and the ways that they touch each other. And I think, uh, you know, Stephen McDonald was always somebody who reminded you of that, um, both in terms about New York um, and about being a Rangers fan, um, but also just, I mean, on such an incredibly human, I think, and touching level, um, what he chose to value about the team was so important what that award means. So, yeah, it is really emotional, and I can't even imagine what it will be like uh, to be at MSG when that happens again this year. Um, ah, no, I'm tearing up, so somebody talk. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big deal. It, it, it is a big deal and maybe a luxury that you don't really think about and uh... – just how much he's gone through and how much good that they've done. You know, the Rangers are a very, very classy organization. I know we complain about some of the personnel and decision-making that they do, and but from an actual organizational standpoint, the amount of people they help, the Garden of Dreams, uh, the Stephen McDonald's Extra Effort Award raises money too. There, there's a lot there, and there are a few teams anywhere in the world that do it better than the Rangers do, and the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award was something that they did very well, and they do most everything very well. So, um, yeah, I think in that's many really... ways, if, if you value that award and you understand what it means, it's the mark of you know someone who really understands what being a Rangers fan is about. And I don't use that kind of language often because you know I, or even people who don't particularly enjoy my perspective or my analysis. You know, I, I always make sure, you know, if you're a hockey fan, you're a hockey fan. But um, if you're a Rangers fan, you know um, what this award is and who this man is and what the award means and, more importantly, what the spirit of, of you know, Stephen McDonald has meant and will continue to mean to the team. And, uh, you know, there's... He's unfortunately passed away, and you know, 59 years is far too young. But you know, what he's represented is not going to go anywhere, and that's 
you know, a credit to the Rangers organization and his legacy. And it's a big deal. And it's a, a huge part of being a Rangers fan. And it's certainly a tradition that Rangers fans, you know, can embrace and be proud of. A lot of people asking, not just in the chat, but in general, who would win the award or who should win the award. I, I would like to, ironically enough, see them give it to Stephen McDonald himself. Um, not sure if they would or if he would even want that if he were here. But uh, from a player perspective, it's too early. You really don't know. I'm sure Grabner would be the front runner right now, but um, it depends. You know, it depends on the year. The, Matt Zuccarello wins it one year because he is – you know, by far and away the Rangers' best player. Brandon Prust wins it one year, and he's not the best player. Jed Wardmeyer, Sandy McCarthy, there's a, a lot of different names on that. You'll see the Brian Leaches and the Mark Messiers of the world and the Henrik Lundqvists, but you'll also see the Matthew Barnabys and the Grinders and, and whatever else have you. So I, I just a little somber. I think it's a great thing. I, I think it will continue to be a great thing. If there's a, a silver lining to this at all, it's that I think the award itself will kind of transcend into an even bigger level than it was before and it does a good thing. It helps a lot of people. So it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, condolences to his family from Blue Shirt Panther and everybody with us. And hopefully they get through this, but um, I'm sure they will. And I'm sure we'll see them at the end of the year when they're giving out the award. And uh, I doubt there'll be many drives in the house that night. So uh, no good transition, I guess, from something so serious back to hockey. But um the Rangers have played one game since our last podcast. They had their scheduled bye this week, which Mike and I were talking before the show because Beth can never come to the show on time beforehand. Um, oh, my God. It uh, came at a pretty good time. Vigneault was kind of banging the, the schedules too tight and too condensed for us, Drum, and the Rangers certainly looked tired. But in this week, we're kind of under the impression that we might be seeing – at least one of Rick Nash, Mika Zibanejad, and Pavel Buchnevich back for Friday's game against the Maple Leafs. And in the event that the Rangers start to get healthy again, the name that is popping up is one of the guys who may not be around anymore is Brandon Peary. And we've had a lot of thoughts on him. I have a story going up on him tomorrow, actually. He was the medium, media darling and the preseason darling of the New York Rangers. But as we kind of talked about for the past couple of weeks, he's not really hitting the net. And part of my story is he's not really doing anything. He's taken 1.5 shots a game. It's by far the lowest in his career. And he's just not generating anything. Not scoring is one thing. Not not doing anything is a completely different thing. And it would not shock me at all if he was one of the guys who was waived or if the Rangers were very quietly looking to trade him uh, as of right now. And uh, Mike, I'll, I'll let you jump in and let me know if you disagree with anything or how you see things playing out here. Well, it is it is really interesting, like you said at the beginning of the year, you know, his, you know, the preseason and, you know, in October, you know, all the goals that he picked up and, you know, he's played his way with that, you know, that shot of his, we were looking at, you know, a team that all of a sudden had a power play that, that works and the Rangers still have a power play that's working, but Peary hasn't been a part of it. And uh, a few kind of interesting numbers um, is that, you know, Peary, has, I think it's, you know, eight power play points with the Rangers. So, in 14 points and eight points on the power play. So, it's very clear where he's making his mark. And um, last season, uh, in the 52 games he played with Florida, you know, he had eight power play points. So, it begs the question, 
All right. Well, what is he doing? You know, why why is he behind? You know, the twenty four points he had in Florida before being traded to the Bucks, and uh, you know, it's certainly. I'm not trying to take you know responsibility away from Peary because um, he's got to hit the net, and I think everyone knows that he's he's not on the team because he's defensively responsible. He's not on the team because you know he's a guy you can put out there and play big minutes, but it's been really interesting to see kind of how he lost the shine kind of, and, you know, in many ways has lost ice time. And uh, it's a, it's a crazy thing to think, but his even strength ice time per game um, is, is under 10 minutes, nine minutes and 41 seconds per game. Yet he, you know, getting, you know, about two minutes 45 on the power play, power play per game. And uh, you can ask yourself, well, the power play ice time is there and he's already matched what he did last year, but he's, it's really hard to expect him to do anything in even strength. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I realize as I talk to you that I'm kind of building a case like to excuse his play, but at the end of the day, the Rangers have far too many players in that bottom, you know, competing for, you know, that game of musical chairs in the bottom six, and now the guys are going to get healthy again. You know, Peary, I think he, has, he hasn't scored a goal since December 11th. He was, he's very quickly looking like the logical guy to be the odd man out. Beth? Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, you know, not to re- – I'm getting really tired of watching him get the same shot set up on the power play over and over again and not make it. Um, You know, that's time that's taken up. That's possession that's potentially given away. And he's, he's not hitting the net with it. Um, And, you know, we see it at least once, if not a couple times every game. Um, You know, I mean, imagine, I guess Ovi just got his thousandth point, which is awesome. But, you know, when you send the puck to the guy in the same place, at the, you know, in the same moment of the power play, you do it because he scores. You don't do it because it's tradition or, you know, there's nothing else you can think of at that point. So, you know, something else has to be taking up that space now. And, you know, let's face it, we're, like Mike was saying, it's it's a crowded field back there in the bottom six. Um, he's getting, because guys are out, he's getting ice time now. You almost think, you know, his value is probably higher now than it's going to be after he sits when everyone's healthy again. So, yeah, I mean, he does seem like a good candidate, like a good candidate to move, if that makes sense. I just kind of feel like he's on borrowed time, to be completely honest with you. I mean, assume if everybody was healthy, he wouldn't be in the lineup uh, right now. And I make this argument in my story tomorrow. Marek Rivik is a better option simply because of his defensive abilities, something that Peary just does not have. And the Rangers, for someone who looked like they could make such an impact, I mean, I went six points in his first seven games. You're not asking for the world by just saying that you want 15 to 20 goals, but it, it's not so much about the goals as it is just generating something. He's played in 40 games and he's taken 60 shots. It's completely unacceptable. And you can try to put the blame on Vigneault for this one if you want, but it's just, it's not the way that it works. Peary just 
has not been a fit. And for all the excitement that existed around his signing, where a lot of people, myself included, were praising Gordon for this savvy signing. And uh, I'm not to take anything away from Gordon because it was a risk worth taking. He's just kind of faded into the into the background to an extent. Um, dedicated listener Michael Silvers often says uh, Brandon Peary, Brandon Disappeary, and that's kind of what it is. You're hoping that he, the part of the pun is reappeary, um, but and you just haven't seen it. So at that point, you don't necessarily have a, an everyday job, and he's here right now because the Rangers need bodies, but. Mike talked about it the other day. There's going to be a potential shift in seeing the Rangers put a little bit more focus on an actual defensive fourth line to maybe pick up the defense a little bit. And Peary doesn't fit that mold. And when everyone's healthy, Peary doesn't even fit into the top nine. And to be completely honest with you, even if you're going with a full skill lineup, Peary might not make the top 12 either. So do you trade him? Do you hold on to him? Do you waive him? Do you just let him kind of sit in the press box and sign him to an extension so he can be expansion draft fodder? You, you, there's a lot of ways to go here. Uh, the latter, I don't think, is very likely. There are going to be players that the Rangers aren't going to be able to protect that are going to have better options. But uh, I just don't see Peary on this team much longer. And Pumple, who has a concussion, him were kind of neck and neck there for a while. And I think Pumple right now is just bringing more to the table. And uh, that's an indictment on Peary that, you know, this is a guy that I think the Rangers thought they might have found something with. He's still a restricted free agent. So there's a lot going on there. But the reality of the situation is if he's not producing, the Rangers, thankfully, it's a good thing, have plenty of talent on the forward corps that they can just back up and not have to worry about losing a guy like Puri when in the past it might have been a disaster. Um, anything either of you want to add on that subject? Well, it's, it's, there's something interesting about, you know, in his first seven games, he had four goals, and uh, you know it was it was one of those you know when the Rangers were you know putting up five goals a game, and but it was still pretty obvious that he was he was a, an amazing forward to have on your fourth line, and you know he's he's on the top power play unit right now. Um, in the last over the stretch of the you know the last couple of games, he's he's been getting you know that that ice time, but if the Rangers do get healthy and they get guys like Zabinajad and Nash back, you know, sooner rather than later, and it's starting to appear that that will be the case, although I still don't think we'll have uh, Zabinajad back just yet, but, um, you know, there are better options on the team, Um, and, you know, one of them I know is someone else that we want to get into, which, you know, is potentially Grabner, but... uh, the thing with Peary is it's hard to say that he's hurting the team because, you know, he's not, he's obviously not an amazing uh, player away from the puck, but, you know, he doesn't drive possession particularly well. Um, and like Joe said, you know, it, the shooting rate is down and there's no, you know, there's no mystery to why he's in the lineup. He's in the lineup to put pucks on the net and to score goals. And that's, you know, that's a huge responsibility for anyone. You know, it's very rare you're a bottom six forward and that's your role. Um, but that's what he's doing here. And frankly, Peary is a guy who's playing for a, his career in the NHL. Um, there's a reason why he's kind of bounced around and that the, the Rangers were able to get him for nothing. And, uh, you know, it's, what his future here will be is interesting. And at this point, he's, 
you know, he's played in such a way that he's kind of taken, you know, what his fate will be out of his own hands. So um, if he gets a couple more looks in the lineup, he's one of those guys who really can't afford to, you know, to not have games where he doesn't get two or three shots on net and, you know, get, generates a scoring chance because if he's not scoring goals and putting pucks on net, there's not a lot of reasons to have him in the lineup. If not having to score maybe one or two goals for the next couple of games in a row before yeah. he's just gone. I really do think yeah. he's on borrowed time to the point where uh, – how could you blame A.V. either? I mean, he's kind of done everything. I think Peary maybe hasn't gotten as much you know, power play time as you'd like or um, whatever it would be, but he hasn't even earned it. So it just becomes kind of that merry-go-round. You can blame Vigneault for a lot of things, and I just don't think Brandon Peary is one of them. So – it's kind of on the same topic. Speaking of getting healthy, Larry Brooks published a report today that uh, Mark Stahl may have post-concussion syndrome. And this is sort of a, a double-edged sword here because Stahl is having somewhat of a bounce-back season. Uh, between him and Girardi, it's been Stahl who's kind of gotten back to at least respectable levels at times. The, the silver lining is that Adam Clendenning will be in the lineup. He scored two goals in the Rangers miraculous comeback win against Columbus, although maybe that was only one goal. Uh, I'm not sure. They, they changed the goal to Grabner to give him a hat trick. But we've talked a lot about the injuries the Rangers can and cannot afford to have on defense. And it's pretty much they can almost afford everything outside of the um, Ryan McDonough injury. But are we maybe going to see the Rangers defense look a little bit more fragile than they already have on this one, Beth? Uh, it's just such, you know, you don't want to wish injury on anyone and I very much hope Stahl is okay, but this is just one of those situations when you're thinking, really, him, you know, uh, that's not what you want and he's not, if you had to choose somebody who had to be in this situation right now, it would not have been Mark Stahl, there'd be a few names on the list before that. Um, so no, it, it made an already unstable situation. Yeah, is now more unstable. It's worse, um, and things were flimsy to begin with. So yeah, that was that was quite the revelation. And um, I mean, while on one hand I'm glad they're taking care of it, on the other hand, um, it'll be interesting. I'm glad Clendenning, I assume, probably gets to play more. Who even knows? Um, I think that's a safe bet. It'll be nice to see more for him from him, but I wish it was another player that uh, he was in for. So, again, there's no way to say that without sounding like bad feelings in some direction, and honestly, there are none. But, yeah, I would not have – would not choose anyone, but would definitely not have chosen Stahl for an injury right now, which is interesting considering I don't think I would have been saying that at the end of last season, maybe the most interesting thing about it. So either we've deteriorated to the point where what I just said makes sense or uh, Stahl definitely has had a comeback. And I, I do think, I do think it's more of the second. Mike. I don't know. Um, the, the bummer part of this, the human aspect is that, you know, Stahl, had concussion issues earlier in his career. Um, we all know about his eye injury and, you know, the history of him and the visor and everything. And, you know, he's, he's one of those guys, you just don't want him to get hurt. Um, you don't want anyone to get hurt, but especially someone yeah. who's had to battle uphill as much as he has in his career. And, 
you know, for for better or for worse, he's a guy who, you know, he's a homegrown, you know, former first-round pick. I mean, it, it, it's been easy to forget because he's been here so long. But, you know, Stahl has been, you know, around for a long time. Um, and, you know, we we talk about, you know, how he's kind of, you know, progressed a little bit. But, uh, you know, his, his underlying numbers are not, you know, exhilarating or anything like that. But um, it's great that Clint Benning is, is, will get, you know, an extended book, and he's already done, you know, a lot with very little. Um, in fact, I think I told you, you two on, on Twitter that I think in 11 games, Clint Benning has won less point than Stahl does in 40 or 41 games. But, oh, my. You know, obviously there's a lot more to defense than picking up points and secondary assists and stuff. But um, it's it's a weird thing with Saul because we he so often gets by fans lumped in with Girardi as part of the problem because you know he has his contract is only a little less crazy than Girardi's, and then there are other fans who are so so focused and so targeted on Girardi that they they end up giving Stahl a pass in some ways. So um, yeah. he's one of those guys who Ranger fans don't seem to really know what to think of him. And I think that's always made him an interesting player uh, to kind of, you know, sit back and take a look at and see how he compares to his peers and everything and what his role is and all that. But um, we don't want anyone to get hurt. That goes without saying, but uh, it, it is a good thing that Kiri will get the opportunity. But as uh, Beth has been dreading all year long, you know, a big injury to the blue line. I mean, who's who's the seventh defenseman now? I mean, I would imagine Graves or you know maybe maybe Camper just to bring up uh, Dylan McIlroy's name again and make Beth cry. But um, yeah, you know, I, I don't. This is not a de- this is not a defense that you want to stretch any more thin than this, really, in my opinion. It's, it'll start to get a little shaky. You kind of mentioned the, all the points that I was going to make, and again, the benefit here is the fact that you do get to see Glenn Denning, but Stahl has kind of it, it was impossible to to separate him and Girardi last year because they were both struggling equally. Their contracts were both equally bad. I think the one thing that, like, the edge that you would give to Stahl is the fact that he was younger and the, the he did have at least somewhat of an opportunity to kind of bounce back, whereas Girardi, you've just kind of seen this downward spiral from start to finish, and um, you know, it, it's, it's almost hard to watch with Girardi at this point, and I, I think that says a lot more about the way the Rangers are using him than himself, because there's really nothing more he can do than what he's done to this point. It's not Girardi's fault that he's getting the minutes he's getting. It's not Girardi's fault that he is where he is. It's not his fault that he signed the contract. It's Vigneault's fault for the way that he's being utilized, and a lot of people seem to forget that at times. But when you look at the way that the Rangers kind of handle their business defensively, I'm not totally sure. You know, Clendenning coming in, he still needs to be given the opportunity. And let's be totally honest here, Vigneault did give him reps against Columbus and 
you kind of help them with those reps by scoring two goals or a goal and a half. I don't. I, Mike was saying that he thought it might have gone back to Clendenning having two goals, but no, it looks like um, it looks like he just gets the one goal now. He, he does just get the one. Okay, um, but it's it's. You know, these guys have to be used properly, and the Rangers having an opportunity to use a guy like Clendenning on the power play to have him when you're hurting and you need goals. It's a it's a big deal, and even if Vigneault's hand is forced on the matter, at the very least, it allows the Rangers to just kind of take that step forward and at least get a look at what the defense could look like with someone like that in it every day. And I went on a pretty big rant the other day on Twitter after the Columbus game because people they like, the the point is not to claim, oh, you know, Emerson Needham or Dylan McElrath were the greatest players in the world and they should have been playing. The point is not to say that Adam Clendenning is, in fact, Brian Leach. The point is that the New York Rangers have a very nasty habit with Vigneault at the helm of using worse players, veterans, because they're quote-unquote trusted. And it's not that you want to see Clendenning play because he makes the Rangers cup contenders. He's not Ryan McDonough. He is not Keith Yandel. But he is better than what the Rangers have put out there. And if you can't see that it's incredibly frustrating that a team that fancies themselves to be Stanley Cup contenders is not trying to do everything they can to make themselves better, then I don't know what to tell you. But that's where this comes from. This is not a place of thinking, oh, my God, Adam Clendenning is going to score 50 points this year if the Rangers actually use him. More than likely, he, he wouldn't even score 30, although who knows? But the point is that he is a better upgrade, even defensively, than what the Rangers are using right now. And it's incredibly frustrating that you don't see the Rangers kind of take those steps forward. Because I get it. I get that there's a pride expert aspect to it. I get that there's a level of you don't want to admit you're wrong. But the Rangers have danced this dance for a really long time. And to see Clendenning out there and do some really good things about Columbus, you know, we can get into Vigneault's post-game comments all you want, where I think Beth, myself, and Mike were a little upset that we didn't see Vigneault <laughs> give him a little bit more praise and, and rather kind of go the generic route. But the reality of the situation is they have to be used. So him being in the lineup in the first place is a good thing, but whether or not he's actually going to get used properly is not necessarily a good thing. And, uh, I guess we'll get an idea of that. It was brought up in the chat room that Stahl is still working out, so he can't be in the worst shape in the world. Um, that was by Sean L320. But, um, you know, the Rangers, uh, they got a lot of things that they're going to have to work through. And maybe Clendenning makes it better. Maybe the Rangers coming back from other injuries will make it better. I, I, my guess is going to be the latter is going to be a big deal. Having Rick Nash, Zibanejad, and Buchnevich come back is basically having your top line come back that the Rangers have had this much success without them, I think speaks volumes of the amount of talent that they have on the team. But you can say that and also say this defense may sink them in a seven-game series. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, unless I'm crazy. Mike, you can talk now because I've talked too long. No, I was just thinking about how crazy you are. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it is a weird thing because um, I don't think any of us at the beginning of the year would have guessed that the – the top four defensemen on this team would would have been McDonough, Nick Holden, Brady Shea, and Adam Clendenning. But that's kind of where we are right now. Um, you know, Klein has been you know a pretty big disappointment. Um, in my opinion, probably one of the Rangers' biggest disappointments this season. He, I don't think he's looked quite as bad. Um, you know, 
since the last two times we talked, but uh, he's really not when when Klein isn't shooting fifteen percent, uh, he's not as much fun uh, to, to watch playing defense. And no. um, you know, it's it's a it's a strange thing to think of, you know, what what what's working with the defense and what's not working. And um, it's, I think I bring this up every week. It's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? But I'm still, folks, I'm still trying really hard to figure out who and what Nick Holden is. Um, but you can't pretend that, you know, the guys who have been good, you know, there's a reason I think McDonough is a deserving all-star this year. Um, and I think Holden, you know, you you'd have to call him the, the second best defenseman on the team right now. And that's a, it's a crazy thought that that's kind of the way it is. And we might be saying something different if Clendenning was given more than, you know, 14 minutes of ice in the 11 games he's played, but that's what Vigneault has, has chosen to do. Um, you know, even, even with Klein clearly invisibly struggling and, you know, even with, you know, Girardi with, you know, the language we heard with, you know, the, the crowded schedule and, you know, giving Girardi days off and all that stuff. But, you know, it's it's a, it's been a weird, must have been a pretty weird ride so far for Adam Clendenning in his time with the Rangers. Um, you know, he's he's become kind of, you know, a favorite of, the, of this podcast just because he really is a, a symbol of kind of an asset that, the Rangers seem to not know what to do with, and we see it every year. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, a guy like Emerson Eaton doesn't amount to anything. He's currently in the AHL right now. But, you know, sometimes you you don't give a guy a chance or you don't appreciate what he is, and, you know, they turn into Anton Strollman. You know, I'm not saying by any stretch that's what Clendenning is or can be, but, you know, you have to – it's very important for – general managers and head coaches to be aware of their assets and to manage them properly. And that's why I think we, we do get a little frustrated when we see a guy like Clint Denning, who really, you know, he's done nothing but live up to the, you know, the prototype of player that he is. He's in 11 games. He has five points. He scored a power play goal, uh, you know, against Columbus. Um, I don't know what else you can ask of a guy who's supposed to be a puck moving defenseman. I mean, he's five games and you know five points, eleven games is it's pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying he would keep that that scoring pace, but you can't really pretend that's not you know that's not a really respectable showing for eleven games out of a guy who's still frankly a young defenseman. The other thing too, it, Holden. So here's the thing. Holden has done an unbelievable amount of work in terms of adding offense that people weren't expecting. And that well of offense has been super important for the Rangers to kind of keep their head above water with some of these injuries. It's not like Holden is blowing the doors off in terms of possession. It's not like he's suddenly morphed into this number one defenseman. He's just scoring. And that's not to say, I don't want to make this seem like Holden doesn't deserve the accolades that he's getting. And you know, that he's not, uh, at the very least, going above and beyond what the Rangers thought he was going to do. But we saw this with Klein a couple of years ago, too, when she was just absolutely, he was just 
scoring goals left and right, and he was producing all this offense, and he still really wasn't as good in terms of possession, but you kind of let it go because he was scoring. That's kind of what Holden has become, although he's been a little bit better on the defensive end of things. And I don't know what Holden we're going to have moving forward. I, I hope it's this Holden, the Holden that keeps on scoring and the Holden that keeps doing good things. But, you know, you never know, unfortunately. And uh, I think relying on that and that alone is the source of offense, putting on the power play and all that stuff isn't the best of ideas, especially when you have a guy like Clendenning sitting. But right now it's working, so you can't really, you can't really complain all that much. Um, Speaking of the defense, Ryan McDonough is the Rangers' lone representative as of right now in the uh, in the All Star game, and I think that's probably somewhat deserved. Uh, do you think Michael Grabner probably should have gotten the nod instead, Mike? As my voice gets higher and higher as I ask the question, kind of like Stevie and Family Guy. You know, everyone, you know, everyone on Twitter likes to point out that Grabner has more goals than Ovi right now, or that was true before the podcast. Did, I yeah, that changed, but, time, yeah. um, but can you do an all-star to a guy who played, Stop. you know, That's 14 minutes a night? Uh, I don't know. This is a good way to lose a lot of listeners. Um, yeah, and Patreon. I don't know. It's a, when I looked at the list at first, I was like, wow, one Ranger. But then, I, you know, the Rangers have kind of been, you know, they don't have any superstar really other than Hank. And Hank, as we discussed at length last week, you know, hasn't been himself. And so, you know, you look up and down the line, it's like, all right, well, is anyone like, you know, lighting the world on fire in points? And it's, Hayes and Stefan are leading the team in points, and they're both, you know, by or technically, you know, centers. I know Hayes will move around to wing every once in a while, but it's uh, the Metropolitan Division is a really bad division uh, if you're a center trying to make a name for himself. There are way too many good centers in this division. I mean, I don't need to to go down the list, but you know, um, Pittsburgh alone has probably, you know, two of the two of the top five in the world. So um you know, and McDonough is the guy who in many ways I think has been the Rangers most valuable player through the first half. And as wonderful as Colton's been, he's he's not gonna get voted into the All Star game. So no. uh, I think the right guy is going. Um and frankly I I really, really stopped caring about the All Star game a long time ago. Um, you know, I, I still remember things like Owen Nolan calling his shot and then shooting it back when, uh, like hockey cards had like, I don't know what you call it, but like you moved it left and right and then it moved like a hologram card, I guess. But, uh, you know, I remember things like that from, and obviously the John Scott thing, but, uh, that was lightning in a bottle. That's, it's going to... It's going to take a lot to make me care about it this year. Um, I don't know, Beth, do you think anyone else should have gone? Uh, well, you know what? It's the, the way I can't stop thinking about it is that uh, <laughs> if anyone needs a rest this week, it's Ryan McDonough. Um, <laughs> I just I, I can't even imagine how much the guy just wishes he could just go sit on a beach, and I wish he could too. Um, 
the kind of because Ryan McDonough's stressed out face uh, makes me stressed out. Uh, I don't know if it makes anyone else stressed out, uh, but those games when he just starts skating around looking like not only miserable but also like all is lost. I mean, just let the guy have an umbrella drink and a beach chair and not have to go to this dog and pony show, which if they're not getting drunk during the draft, I really have no interest in watching uh, whatsoever. So. so we could do a drunken podcast perhaps. Uh, if you are the person waiting to call in the 718 error code, we can't, my, the dashboard's not working. I can't take you. I, I said it in the chat. You might not be in the chat room, so I apologize that you've been sitting and waiting. Joe does the podcast while driving, driving, by the way. I do. I, I podcast, you know, they say don't text and drive, but they don't say don't cast and drive. So I am podcasting while driving, avoiding trucks. Past and drinks, so drives, and I'm in a trunk somewhere. All that fun stuff, you know. Uh, we're bringing Mike to the pound so that he may uh, hang out with some dogs with his penny full of his pennies and tin cans and whatnot. Um, I don't want to talk about that. The very yeah, they first don't let him back at the pound banter, anymore. <laughs> the very first Blue Shirt Banter podcast was after the All Star Game last year. Mike and I did the uh, the pilot episode. So did we? You know, we did. We talked about John Scott. Okay. It was a lot of fun, actually. That was almost a year ago. Oh, it's Dan Lynch who was on the phone too. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, you, I, I wish we could take, but unfortunately, my I keep clicking the button and nothing's happening. So, um, and Mike is gonna, you know, at some point he's going to go totally insane about the Saint Bernard. So we, we don't want to subject you to that. Um, anyway, I don't know. I don't know who else would go. I think Grabner would be the only other person. But the the Metro Division is, is stacked with forwards, and it's it's difficult. I mean. I, I think this is a name recognition award more than anything else, to be completely honest with you. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I would have told you I thought maybe five or six people were going to uh, potentially be on the team. Um, it was Miller Hayes. They were leading the, uh, the team in points, and there was a bunch of stuff going in the right direction. And, I mean, McDonough, I think, is a choice the same way that Jonathan Taves was a choice this year, although not on the same level where it's, it's Ryan McDonough. He should be on the team. Every team has to have a representative. I'm not sure if every team needed to have a representative that the Rangers would have anyone go. And I, I don't think that's a slight on the team, even though it comes off that way. Um, it's just, no one's been remarkable. And that's kind of been what's remarkable about the Rangers season is that no one has been remarkable. They've all been, they've all been pretty good. So yeah. Dan's is saying step on, should be an all-star, uh, maybe. I, I don't think there are yeah, but when you, bad options. When you look at the but... Metropolitan Division, it's Sidney Crosby, Taylor Hall, Evgeny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Wayne Simmons, John Tavares are the forwards. Which yeah. Ranger forward will bump one of those guys? And, and right. not only in terms of what they've done, but also in name recognition. No other Islander is going to this thing than Tavares. We know that. Simmons has had an unbelievable year. Ovi, Malkin, Crosby are all locks. And then the Devils have to send someone. Obviously, Taylor Hall's the guy. I mean, the defense, other than McDonough, is Seth Jones and Justin Falk from Carolina. But, you know, the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes have to send someone. So, you know, Bobrovsky's in that and Holtby's in that. Maybe Victor Stahlberg can come for the Hurricanes and score like 900 goals against the Rangers, even though it's not the Rangers, it's just Ryan McDonough. You don't know. People might turn in to watch that. 
Yeah. Um, we are going to lose you guys and go into the Tony time because that is how we make you download the show afterwards to, uh, you know, pad cool. on earth a little bit. Yeah, it is the best trick. Uh, if you're going to the Ranger game Friday, come to the meetup. I will be there. Michael will be there. Beth may be there. We're not sure. Beth um, won't be there. Beth will not be there. Beth will this be is, outside in this Jeep sobbing. This is, no, uh, this is just, you've, you've now made the podcast <laughs> right the present. Um, uh, that's why I'm here. Yeah, so. That's, Wait, is that's, that not, that's why, not why you're here? You're, no, you're oh, here to be the smartest person in the room. Beth will be throwing beer bottles against the garden and cursing. Yeah, begging to come in. Is that that's why we have what the bail money, on? isn't it? Although I'd hate to go down for something that boring. That's true. We do need the bail money. Uh, if you see a woman running down 8th Avenue trying to lick a Bentley or another nice car, that is Beth. And you should probably stop her to keep yeah. her from going to jail. God, why did Brady Shea have to score that goal? If he didn't score that goal, it would have become... Like, never in my life have I been upset to see a ranger succeed, and that moment just sticks out (laughs) in my brain as something that I I wish just did not happen. Just to see what would happen. That's the worst thing he's done all year. Yeah, it really was. Brady Shea, you know, you'd be really impressed with what he's done, or you could have some concerns about the sustainability of it, and maybe he hasn't actually been that good, and I think there's definitely some logic to that ideology. But... He uh, he scored that goal and he ruined my life when he scored that goal because Beth did not have to lick a ranger and it's messed his up. First, first NHL goal was such a waste. Yeah, he yeah. totally freaking so spiteful. Yeah, it's awful. Really? I mean, tr- truly awful. I, I I'm appalled. I'm appalled for him. Uh, all right. Question from one of our Patreon. Oh, Damn it, I meant to tell them this, and I totally forgot. So hopefully they're, you're still listening. We are in your ears still, um, even though we've gone off live. If you are a Patreon subscriber, please, if you have specific things you want us to talk about on the show, send it to me in the Patreon chat. This way I can get it, and you guys will be first on the list in terms of what it is we're going to talk about um, or if we have to meld topics and whatnot. So... Make sure you do that. One of the said topics was about how many points do you think the Rangers are going to finish with and where do you think they're going to finish in the standings? Ooh. I think that's a good question. I think that's a damn good question. And we're midway through the year, so um, I do think the Rangers... I think the Rangers could still win the division. I, I really do believe that. Despite all the flaws what? that they have, despite all the work <laughs> with the defense, if, they are, um, if they're yeah, fully sorry. healthy... I think they could win the division. Now, what do I think so will actually happen? I think the Rangers will probably finish third. I think they'll finish behind Pittsburgh and maybe Washington. I don't think Columbus is going to stay as hot uh, as they are right now. But I, I can't imagine a world where the Rangers don't make the playoffs this year. And I can't imagine a world where the Rangers don't at least somewhat con- – I mean, I mean, when we did see the Rangers at their healthiest, they were a dominant team despite the terrible defense. So are we going to see those guys again, or are we going to see kind of what we're seeing right now? And I think that becomes the question. Michael? Um, I, I think it, they're, they're going to the playoffs. Um, I playoffs? Pre- I, you want to talk about the playoffs? playoffs. Uh, I predict <laughs> the top wild card spot only because the Metropolitan Division is – is so cutthroat, and I'm also a bit of an Eeyore pessimist, as best <laughs> like best of the mind to say. Um, you know, it's it's a really, really tough division, not just to be an all-star, 
folks, um, also to play hockey. And but uh, you know, it's like Joe said, he doesn't expect Columbus to stay that hot, but I also expect Philadelphia to kind of get their act together at some point. And the same is true of Washington. Washington is, by many measures, has you know not lived up to expectations this year. Um, and you know Pittsburgh is is Pittsburgh. They're they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. So um, I I really don't know. I, I think third in the Metro or, or the top wild card is where I expect them. And you know in 42 games they have 57 points. So you know trying to guess where they finish in terms of points is it's one of those things. Just because the East is the way it is, the Metro is the way it is. Rangers could finish with, you know, freaking 100, 110 or 114 points and be in the, the top wild card spot. So that's just kind of the way it is this year. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't really have any other predictions other than that. I'm not very good at this game, though. I, I do notice that <laughs> they have just as many home and away games uh, remaining. They've played an even 21 on the home, 21 at home, 21 on the road. Beth, what do you think, Crystal Ball? Beth and her stuff I... is, which sometimes she doesn't take. We're going to the playoffs, I think. Um, well, I think Nash and Zibanejad and Butch are going to come up and compensate to some extent. I think we're going to make the playoffs above the – I don't think we're going to need the wild card. I do think that um, – do you want me to say what I think is going to happen when we get there or no? Yes. Or are we still talking? <laughs> no, it's fine because we already, I can hear in your voice that it's going to be a dark, dark, dank place. No, I mean, what this what this uh, team does uh, is day-to-day. Um, here we go. Day-to-day, they fight, you know, not to use AVs, not to condone this. Um, but let's face it, they, they do find a way to win a lot of the time. They find a lot of different ways to win. But the problem is when you get into a playoff series, up against the same team repeatedly, um, those ways are fewer and farther between, and holes and weaknesses get exploited. Um, so I do think they're going to get a playoff spot. I don't know if they're going to make it out of the first round again, even though they're so much better than they were <laughs> last year. Now I'm talking in a high voice. Oh, yeah, I I am more optimistic than than Mike for how the playoffs are going to start, but I I have not much hope at all because of unless unless again unless again something big happens before the deadline and we have something that could conceivably be called a defense that other you know fan bases don't laugh at. I don't like being laughed at. I do not think that, look, I think the Rangers Rangers have enough skill that they can get by no matter who they're playing against in any given game. When the Rangers are fully healthy, I would not look up and down that lineup and want to play against that team in in a game, any any given game. However, over the course of a seven-game series, it's not overly hard to pinpoint the Rangers' weaknesses and then exploit them violently. Yeah, really see, this isn't. is exactly my yeah. That's exactly what I mean. So when you you look at some of the teams, they just that use been, more creepy words. Okay, you know yeah. what? I'm adding soul and flair to this podcast, and I would use appreciate the word it if I had some support for my friends. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, isn't that exactly what happens? That's exactly what happens. I'm very sorry, everyone who has eardrums. It's a it's a regrettable thing that's happened tonight. We have your ear, <laughs> and we're talking like this. Um, well, do you think? Well, I think the real question is: Do you expect halfway through this season? Do you expect them to do better than they did last year? Who oh. Mike with the big guns? Beth, do you want to want to tackle this question. one, or you you want to let me jump in? I don't think they're going to go. I think the first series will go to seven at least. I kind of think I'm it will. Still making no predictions beyond that. Of course not. We don't we don't take fans in Beth world. <laughs> Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not a stand. I do think the Rangers are better equipped this year than they were last year to to handle whatever monstrosity is on the other end of a playoff matchup. I think in the precious little time that we've seen the New York Rangers be fully healthy, we've seen an explosive offense with an unbelievable amount of skill and talent that has overtaken and sort of overwhelmed two key things. One, an average Henrik Lundqvist, and two, a bottom three, maybe top five horse defense. So on those merits alone, so long as the Rangers are healthy, they have to have a better ability than last year's destruction, right? Like there's no way they wouldn't be better, you would hope, obviously, anything can happen. But is that team good enough in a seven-game series to win? And I don't think the answer is going to be yes. The Rangers got decimated by Pittsburgh. They didn't lose to Pittsburgh. They got decimated by Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wiped the floor with the Rangers. So do you expect to see something like that again this year? Probably not. But, and this is, again, assuming the Rangers are healthy, but you never know. Last year, Lundqvist was relatively dominant towards the end, and... You know, he had a quote-unquote rough playoffs because the defense was like I was out there. Me and Stanley were out there competing for the Stanley Cups. Stanley is my dog. He cannot skate. So this year I would have to assume it would be better, unless I'm crazy. Someone jump in, save me. Well, it's interesting that you use the word decimate, Joe, because the historical <laughs> meaning of decimate means to kill one in every ten. So the Rangers are just a lot worse than that. It's that, decimated that the historical. That is why the root deci, as in decimal or ten, um, if you want to get all Latin about stuff. But uh, Did, let me ask a question: Do I say things yeah. and then you just Google them? Sometimes I like to. I do my best to make you look as stupid as possible, but I actually. I, <laughs> I do not need your help because I just Google decimate, and it says historical meaning kills one in every ten. A group of soldiers or others as punishment for the whole group. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. you guys are using the same Google. Oh, my oh, God. Do you think we could be using the same Google? Mike, does your Google G-O-O-G-L-E? You should yeah, share the Google. A, a blue G and then a red O and then a yellow O and then a blue G. But I'm going def- to defend my point here, yeah. even historically. I would say Dan Girardi yeah. and Henrik Lundqvist were hurt the most from that playoff series, Right. Mm-hmm. And that's two on a team of 20. So that's one in every 10. There's more than 20 players. But, uh, but on the ice. Is the, uh, well, give me that point. That was a good point. Yeah. Uh, really whatever, whatever points. Oh, shoot. Um, points 
Stanley's ears must hurt tonight. There's like a, everyone's talking in dog whistles. But Beth, uh, what did you just it, fall? Oh, uh, wine. She said, "Oh shoot!" Sorry, guys. A bookshelf. <laughs> what? A bookshelf just fell. A bookshelf uh, just collapsed. But you know, just books. A bookshelf just stop, stop! Stop! Stop for a second. Is this the damn library book location of the bookshelf? I have I have lost track of that 1979 library book. Um, and furthermore, a bookshelf fell. No, a one of the single shelves on a larger bookshelf seems to have collapsed, and oh I God. am going to let my husband deal with that when he comes home. Do you have ghosts in your house? Poltergeist. <sighs> yeah. So. Anyway. Uh, I had a question about that, by the way, before Mike gets into something serious. What was the My library husband? book that what? you borrowed? I don't remember. That's such ah, a good question. I don't. I bet my mother would remember, but no, I don't remember off the top of my head. What would be a good Beth library book that you borrowed? Remember that I'm nine. You're nine. You're nine. Um... Yeah, so nothing salacious, not, you know. Yeah, and this was back in your Sphinx days, so we're talking hieroglyphics? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, Hammurabi's Code, probably. A bunch of Ankh's <laughs> and... Hammurabi's um... Code? Uh, <laughs> it was definitely, yeah. definitely written in cuneiform and on uh-huh. stone tablets. Um, well, you know, that's why the library was so anxious about it. <laughs> you had an interest on that, that late fee? God, it was probably a couple of thousand dollars at least. Likely well, you know, I mean, perhaps an Aramaic on, on I gave them several hundred goats, and it was fine, really. I think I got to keep my favorite goat. So, <laughs> comely goats. It was the Library of Alexandria. Oh. Oh. There's a lot of historical references today. Yes, we do. You learn so much listening to this podcast. You do. That's why you should pay for it. Beth is the smartest one on the podcast, then Mike, then Stanley, who occasionally you hear barking, and then me. No, that's straight true. down the line. That's true, though. Wait, what are we <laughs> talking about now? No one really knows. What is that, Joe saying? I don't know. I, I, forget. I was supposed to say something smart, and it's escaped me, which is not the first time that's happened. Um, Especially now when we're bothering you. No, that's quite all right, though. There's something about... Oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. The key, I think, to how the Rangers are going to do is whether or not they avoid Pittsburgh. Um, and it's not just because of, you know, what happened last year, but it's also because it's really no matter how the you know the standings shake out, it's Pittsburgh is the team in the East that everyone is, is right to be afraid of. It's, I'm not – it's hard to tell whether or not Columbus is a paper tiger, Um you know, Bobrovsky is playing unreal. Um, you know, and then we we took you know Curtis Mackel and he's jobbing the poor guy, but he ended up in Toronto, I think. But uh, um, it was that was a horrible thing they did. Um, but yeah, uh, winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, avoiding the Penguins is the best. Kind of just the luck of the draw with what happens there. So. Um, if the Rangers came up against, you know, right now the Rangers against the Capitals in a seven-game series, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, Rangers against the Penguins, I feel very bad about it. So yeah, and but that's so I luck think, of the draw. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's, to, that's to, the nature of it, though. It's, but that's it's, what it is. I mean, that's not an expression. Yeah. <laughs> that's in this case. Yeah. That's but what's actually going to happen. To that point, in, say, two, if you're a true Stanley Cup contender, you don't care who you're playing. There's tougher matchups than others, well, but you yeah. truly believe you can take anyone. Where the Rangers are right now, I don't want to see Pittsburgh. No. Uh, yeah. No one should. Yeah. Pittsburgh uh, wants to I'd much rather too. face it, – it, it speaks volumes that I'd much rather face Columbus or realistically any team from the Western Conference than, than meet Pittsburgh. And that's – it's just because that's how deep and scary the Penguins are. And, you know, the Rangers have been battling injuries, but so is Pittsburgh, you know, for for the majority of the season. And they're still just plugging away, doing what the Penguins do, which is win hockey games and score goals. So I, I would like to think that the Rangers will do better than last year. I think that's going to come down a lot, like – it's all going to come down to what the Rangers do or don't do on deadline day. And the best thing they can do is likely just take, you know, a spare part they have from the like 18 forwards they have that are NHL level forwards and turn it into, you know, a third pair defender from somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where, where they will be from. But uh, frankly, I think a third pair, like an average third pair defender would be a huge addition to this team. And that's, that's a lot, but uh, that's kind of the way I feel. So, an average know, like NHL third pair or a Rangers team different thing? Average NHL. But, you know, well, we, were looking at the, we were looking at the Devils defense the other day, and we were, I felt pretty bad. Why did you subject yourself to that type of torture? Because it makes me sad. Because I'm one of those people... I don't like loathe and hate the Devils like some Rangers fans do. I just look at them like, oh, they're they're a rival. I get it, but holy hell, that defense in New Jersey is. Uh... Well, how long is John Moore out for? I don't know. I wonder. Why? <laughs> yeah, why would we know that? I don't know. I is just felt that he can get squashed. He's probably trying to get into witness protection. No, I'm doing that open. after this one, actually. Are you My really? John Moore podcast. No, I am not. And no, Beth I don't. And Moore. Moore Beth. The John Moore podcast hosted by Beth. I'm here yes. all day, folks. Uh, you can pay me money and I will come up with terrible podcast names. For your I thought it would not podcast. be that hard to lick a devil, actually. Uh, I, well, I have no not. desire to, but... Security would be like, wait, someone actually wants to go see the player? Yeah, go ahead. Go in. <laughs> you just go in with a like a crayon-drawn picture of press credentials. Uh, I'm with here with the players. Uh, go to the training room, miss. They're all back there. <laughs> Who would you lick? lick? Which devil would you lick? I don't even know off the top of my head. I mean, I would have Probably said more, Taylor you know, Hall, just because, right? you know, familiarity. Because he's the best devil. <laughs> could lick because a former ranger? Does that count? Maybe John Moore, because at least that you would have licked someone who was a ranger at some point. Well, that's what I was thinking. But okay, Mike, who would you lick? Boy. I don't know. They don't ask you know, this that, on your other podcast, do they? No, this is not this is not a question I was prepared for. Um, what other podcast? <laughs> you don't, you don't have any stats there available. Yeah, I don't have I don't, I don't know. Those numbers I, in front of you? Maybe... Maybe Corey Schneider, just to see 
you know, if he tastes like gingerbread because he's a redhead. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I immediately huh. deeply regret saying that. But, yeah, uh, you yeah. to a different place. <laughs> well, maybe, I had to bring maybe... him somewhere, Jeff. You did, but you could have brought it someplace else. Well, that's not where I brought it. Not there. You, you well, it's did. here now, so let's just work yeah, with this. Yeah, it's up to you now, Where are you going to look? I, I was going to say Taylor Hall or John Moore, simply because he would he was a Ranger at some point. But Taylor Hall is clearly the best player on that team. So why? Like, is someone breaking into my house? Is he barking like that? Um, yeah. I Maybe don't your know. bookshelf fell down. Uh, I wish I told you Double I'm dose. distinguished enough to have a bookshelf, but I am not. <laughs> you don't have a bookshelf. Have a bookshelf. You have or no my New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution was to read more, and I bought oh, myself on. a Kindle Fire. You have to. You have to stop. You don't own a bookshelf. Me? Yeah. Not one that has books on it. No. I have oh. a bookshelf that has been it has been manipulated to be basically a liquor shelf. No, that's not uh, the same thing. But it was at one point a bookshelf that could very well have held books. Wait, did it once have books on it? And not the books went in away? my possession. No. Did you drink the books? I, I yeah, you know what, I could have. <laughs> I I don't know why this came to my mind, and I don't know. I think I saw it on Twitter. You're a writer. I, I saw. And you don't yeah, but what, <laughs> I, I write. I write from what's what tiny things are left in my brain, like the one brain yeah, cell that's left, like that Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, no bookshelf. But I did make a New Year's resolution to read more, and I have a Kindle, and it is the uh, or an Amazon Fire rather, and it is the greatest thing. I've already read two books of Stephen King's The Gunslinger. I have six more to go, and I'm very pleased with my decision. Yes. Well, Stephen King will pick up a lot of space on a bookshelf, you know. Well, he would, God, he would take up the or whole some thing. Fat little paperbacks. Yeah, some of his stuff I'm not thrilled with, but this is I, one of my biggest compliments to Mike, and I know he loves when I compliment him live on the air, is that he is one of uh, the very, very, very few people who can make me laugh out loud when um, I'm reading. It's very difficult for me to laugh <laughs> when I'm reading, at least out loud. I find things amusing, but not, not necessarily. Laugh worthy, and there are some moments. The books are not funny at all, but there are some moments that are just downright hysterical. And today on the train, I was laughing hysterically, and people were looking at me like I was crazy. So, um, there's that. But yeah, I don't have a bookshelf. But I'm I'm reading more with the Kindle. That's the point. That was the point of that story. That's good. Reading is good. Okay, good. Yeah, because reading is fundamental. I don't read my articles with all those mistakes. No, and then people get mad at you on Facebook. No. Oh, God. The people at Facebook hate me. <laughs> I just don't look anymore. It's terrifying. I very rarely I do. I saw that Facebook. the, the story had like 300 comments, and I was like, oh, let's see what logical responses are in here. Of the 300, I'm not even kidding, at least 150 of them were very simply <laughs> derogatory things about me. Probably another 100 were derogatory things about the idea 20 were like legitimate thought provoking comments, and then the rest was just rabble, 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 rabble. Yeah. So I am the devil who does not own a bookshelf. That is the, the be all end all. No. <laughs> you own a bookshelf, you just put liquor on it. It's different. I, and you could read liquor like technically. 
You could. Uh, I will read the bourbon tonight, I think. Mm. Mm. But I've never poured a drink live on the air on the podcast. Unlike so, some people, though. Unlike some people. We're not well, pointing you fingers. You really haven't you lived, see have you? We're pointing, but we're talking <laughs> about that. I don't always pour them. Sometimes I just open them or, you know. Well. Yeah, the Dylan McElrath situation was a rough one for sure. That was. That, that was. I, I deserved. I, I could have gone to pharmaceuticals at that moment, and I didn't. So you're lucky I was just drunk. I think people want to see a drunk podcast. What happens we when your son two... leaves you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a son. And neither do you. He also matter. wrote a very nice tribute, a uh, little tweet for uh, McDonald's, which I thought. Almost considering. Every... Callahan did, Jubinski did, uh, McElrath well, I mean, did, Callahan Brian Boyle did, Gabrick. You know, like Gabrick wrote was... something. Talbot, Gabrick. I didn't even know spoke English. <laughs> I also think Gabrick looks exactly like Michael Grabner, for what that's worth. So, I but always love Michael Grabner. Someone else. What do you mean? Not even I a little honestly bit. They could, could pass twins. him on the street. Gabrick has a distinctive mole on his face. Uh, forget the mole. And and. And Grabner has a very gaunt face, very, very drawn out. Yeah, he does look like he needs to eat more. Yeah, he looks like a but maybe it like would a man who's on a raft. So no, he can eat later. Like a long distance runner. He it also, is crazy. for a it's long like... time, had the the goatee thing going on in his career. Watching Whereas him break Gabbert out had the on the penalty double. kill. I mean, how often did Hagelin finish? Am I like repressing this now? No, he had like, that same thing. Many... It was, you know, it was all that speed and no finish. But Hagelin, you know, did a lot of the little things right, like you know, he, like the sort of effort plays that would make you, you know, relieved, like just oh, finally someone got out of the goddamn zone. Um, oh no, no, no! I'm literally talking about about scoring though, because I'm suddenly not Jeff remembering. Let, yeah. Well, because when I'm talking about breaking, uh, going on a breakaway, obviously a goal is the thing you're concerned about. So I'm talking I'm like how many Grabner's last had goal the, the other night. You know, I, I'm, I have never once been able to think about the Mark St. Louis overtime winner in game five, six, four, game four of the Eastern Conference final, and it was Hagelin who made that pass, but... Um, Haglund's best was 17 goals in a year. For yeah, he's, he has 77 goals in his career. Uh, 18 playoff goals, believe it or not. 19 of those goals have come with Anaheim and Pittsburgh. So, yeah, so yeah. Most of his that, career best shooting percentage was 11.8 in 2013-14 with the Rangers. Uh, yeah, he, never, is, he never had more than 35 points, though. But you never, he was never really in that role either. No, he, that's a very fair point, Joe. And it's interesting. You look at his, you know, 30, 33 points, 35 points. But in the year where he had 35 points, he put 185 shots on that. That's, that's damn uh, respectable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we talk about how Peary isn't shooting. When you look at a guy who's, you know, Haglund's almost exclusively played in that, that third-line role. 185 yeah. shots is pretty damn good. The uh, Bucinevich just had an assist in Hartford. We found yeah, him. Yeah, he had a, we didn't. 
I don't think we talked yeah, about that. We, we just found him. him. It was us that found him. Yeah. He has a goal and an assist in three games now. Yeah, we've done a lot of good things on this podcast. <laughs> we've, uh, it was a primary not good, as well. Not so good for us, too. But. We had done some not so good things. You know. Nicholas Jensen has a two-goal game in Hartford. He does. Uh, 16. We, we sent a, a horde of pitchfork and torch-waving fanatics into the trees. Maybe they built a home out there. Who is not in the trees, so I don't really know why we sent them there. Well, Mike said it's all kind of blurry now. So they're coming after Mike next. Mike. What? That wasn't paying attention. Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> you deserve it when the tree people come for you. Then. I was trying to think. I didn't know the tree people. Well, well you assume that some of them will just migrate to the trees forever. No. How long do you have to stay in a tree to be a tree person? Uh, <laughs> I would say as soon as you're in a tree and you think to yourself, I am now one with the tree, you have become a tree person. Uh, I don't think it's Joe, right. do you know? Did you know, Joe, that a sloth will come down from its tree once a week to go poo and pee? It did. Wait, you're going to need to say that again because I can't have heard what I just think I heard. So a sloth only poops and pees once a week. And it, it comes down once a week from his tree and go, does his business and then he goes back up in his tree. That because is an animal that makes so an efficient slow. use of its time. Yeah, they're so slow that they would get eaten if otherwise. Yeah, it's it, been the nature hour. On nature, nature designed a very <laughs> peculiar metabolism on an animal that hangs upside down. You wouldn't want to poop. Nature and history. Down. No, probably not. No, you definitely wouldn't want to do that. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I realize we haven't said the F word on this podcast. I don't think we've said the F word in a couple of podcasts. No, I always do it. Oh, are we talking about the actual F word or some other something that I can't think of now? We're I can't think of anything else I'm supposed not supposed to say. What other F word would there be? I don't know. I mean, we called McElrath the M word for a while, so I was just trying to remember if there was anything that was going to upset me that started with F that we weren't talking about. Right. If not... there was an F word that upset you about the Rangers, this is how we'll end the podcast. What would it be? Ooh. A lot of dead air on the podcast. We'll all of us think about things that begin with an F. I don't think there's anything, actually. <laughs> that was a stupid question. I'm a terrible podcast. Fast in the top six. Nice. Oh, Mike, from the top belt. Yes. I'll give you one better. Fast on the top line. Top that bet. Nope, that's just strange. I can't top that. I'm not taking a stance, Joe. God, I'm oh. standing where your stance is. We're well, that standing would be in the same where place. A stance had been made. When the yep. Rangers endorse Formica instead of Marble, which is clearly a superior top for a counter. I don't know okay. whether to believe you or not. I don't, I don't think he's right. But... I think Marble is one of the most established and esteemed of the blocks of of stone that you could build things out of. That's what I said. That's what I was Oh, that's I what think, I oh Formica over Marble. Formica is inferior. Yeah. Yes, far inferior. <sighs> well, and thank on you. that horrible we've, note. We've we've covered a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of things on this podcast. Um Mike at what? Big D B S B on Twitter. Blue Shirt Banter. Um, no one should follow me on Twitter. 
Lucerpanther.com slash The enemy that is Fandrag Sports. And yeah, I think that might be it. Uh, Beth Macklin is Beth Hi. Macklin. And you can find her on Blue Shirt Panther as well, sometimes in Blue Shirt Panther. The bane of librarians everywhere. Yes, the bane of librarians everywhere. (laughs) Somewhere, if you are in a library and you say Beth's name three times, the library is uh, the librarian is obliged to tackle you. You are some librarian's white whale. (laughs) Oh, you are. Rubbing her bum. Mike. The one that got away. What? Got us a sphinx this week. I'm a whale. It's a great well, it's a talk. literary reference, Beth. It's doubly <laughs> yeah, appropriate because it has to do with literature. I have I have the most important question of the podcast. Which one was more offensive, Sphinx or Whale? Neither of them are offensive because they're Mike. But you know, anyone else would be dead by now. No. How cute. So uh, me, blue shirt banter. See, he comes after. Can both I at least be like Ahab and not the whale? Yeah, you can mm. be all. I suppose my daughter Ahab is sitting is searching in a pile of books the in the well. living room. The librarian is searching for the book, which Beth stole. I did. It could be... And maybe it is on the shelf that fell down in the living room. I don't know. My child is just sitting out there mournfully in a pile of books waiting for me to come <laughs> fix it. So. Did your oh, child get boy. hit with the books and is now injured and you haven't helped her? Oh, here we go. This is the part of the podcast where Beth just shoves off and leaves Mike and I floating around by ourselves. Good night, Beth. Good night, Beth. What a whale. Whoa. What? Well, I could say that because she dropped off and she's not going to listen to the podcast. So. Thank you all for listening. Please donate on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Panther. Um, yeah. Okay. Peace. Good night.